Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. Welcome back. Hello. Good to be back. I know, right? I think we should also take a moment to mention that in the interim of taking a break from coin, we have a new person sitting physically at the table with us. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to in here. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I can reach across and high five. I'm not gonna, but I can. That's not true. You don't have the reach for that angle. Oh, barely. I don't know that I'd call that a high five. Yeah, that, that was kind of fingertips. It was, four, it was a high four fingertips. Yeah. That counts. That's fair. Like, if you guys were the Wonder Twins, your powers would have activated. Yeah. It's enough for that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, as it is the beginning of a new month, we would like to take a moment to thank all of the patrons who joined us in the month of November. James Bricknell, Little Gnome, Wolverine Cannon, <laughs> <laughs> highly effective D&D weapon. Oh, my God. C-Mac, Amber Nicole, Sam Pines, Stephen Long, Lexi, with an exclamation point, John Kahi, Ben Hart, Taiki Hayato, Caden Wisecap, Brew, Robin Fuller, Kristen Johnson, Carrie Unita, JT Guest, Amalamadon. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm confusing myself with how many additional AMs are in there. Amalamadon, Chris Jensen, and Paul Newman Lover. <laughs> I love all of them. <laughs> right? Uh, so thank you for joining us on Patreon this month, and thank you to all of our patrons who join us every month. If you would like to join our Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash thecritshow. Tears start at just $1, uh, and that gets you access to our Discord server. If you are a new or a old patron who has not gotten on the Discord server, I have gotten some emails every now and then about where do you find that code. Check your junk mail when you sign up for Patreon because usually those emails go straight into your junk. But in that first email that you get, it will have the link on there to join the Discord server. Uh, And oh boy, I highly recommend you do. We had a happy hour the other night um, that lasted till like 4.30 in the morning. Yep. Uh, We have a happy hour channel where everybody just hangs out and chats on Friday night and has a drink and plays some games and it was a wild night. I had to just close out of it at one point or else I just would have never went to bed. Uh, I wanted to tell you about that too. You left to uproarious laughter because it was just, we were in the middle of a sentence. There is a quick dead pause and she just goes, okay, bye and is gone. And everyone just started cackling. It was so beautiful. One of the other things that happened with the Patreon recently, we have started playing some video one shots when we hit certain milestones. Uh, And we unlocked one of those the other day. We have the patrons submit a bunch of games that they'd like to see us play. We narrow that down into a list of games that we have ideas to run. uh, And then from that list, we let the patrons vote. uh, And the voting ended on Saturday. And we will be playing a game of Threadbare run by Tass. I am so excited for the costumes. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm so excited that I don't know that I'll have to make a costume. (laughs) Well, you got to do something. Oh, I'm going to do something. I had to wear a robe. And that wasn't nothing. So you've got to... (laughs) I don't know, just put like a big sock on or something. I'm just going to glue Legos to myself. Jake, that wasn't just your weekend robe? They don't gots to know about that. (laughs) Weekend robe is Jake's little secret. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, last time we played sexy battle wizards and everybody went all out with the costume. So I don't imagine it will be different this time. I am already planning and I don't even know what my character is going to be. Yeah, me too. Uh, also, over this last weekend, Nix has relaunched our merch store. Uh, so you can head over to the com slash merch. We have all kinds of new stuff. We have Damien merch. We have new art that is based off of tarot cards. We've got new hoodies. Some of the stuff on there I didn't even know she was putting on there. It was very exciting. Um, and we're actually going to do some more new merch uh, coming in December. We're going to do stuff for Perilous Tides, for Coin, also stuff for Mystery Detective. So head on over the critshowpodcast.com slash merch to see all of the wonderful new things uh, that we have added over this Black Friday slash Cyber Monday weekend. And it is worth noting that on the store, we are now able to support international shipping all over the world. So also this week, uh, this ends on December the 5th. Uh, Perilous Tides is up for the Audioverse Awards. Uh, we are up for Best New Improvised Show. Tass is up for Best Player Direction. And Kim is up for Best Player in a New Improvised Production. You can head over to the audioverseawards.net slash vote. Uh, it is a much more streamlined process now. You do still vote for each category, but it's a drag and drop thing, uh, which is actually very cool. I, I voted the other day and it was like, oh, this is much simpler than it was the previous times that I voted. Uh, so the voting for that goes until December the 5th. Uh, and if you enjoy Perilous Tides, you can find the first six episodes on our site. Uh, they're also on the main feed uh, back in, gosh, what was that, May? Uh, the Monster Mash. I don't know what I was thinking. It's Roaster, not Hound. I did not play Hound. Hound did not get defeated in the final round. It was Roaster. Uh, but the winner, the person who came closest to having the bracket correct, the winner of the Monster of the Week book signed by Michael Sands is Gearheart Shoot. Congratulations. Yes. Good job. Had, I believe, eight of the ten fights correct on the bracket. That's very impressive because so many of those turned out every way except for what we guessed. <laughs> what what I think we would call upsets. Yeah. Yes. I think just with Jeremy and Iron Wolf, those two alone destroyed like three-fourths of the brackets that we received right off the bat. Kim, the destroyer of brackets. Of brackets. Well done. Yeah. Uh, and if you are looking for the rules to the Monster Mash, we are still working on those. Honestly, it's just me being slow as I'm reading through it and kind of retyping it, trying to make sure that everything is clear. Uh, and then once I have those all finalized, I will send it over to Nix uh, to be made into a PDF so that everyone can get a hold of that they would like to. And uh, one last thing I do want to announce before we get into the episode is that the last couple of weeks I have been working very hard on a project um, that some of you may have caught on to last week. If you listened all the way to the end of the episode, you may have heard the stinger. But as of a couple days ago, we are officially members on the Fable and Folly Network. Fable and Folly is a very cool network of hardworking podcasters that create such shows as The Amelia Project, Moonbase Theta Out, We Fix Space Junk, and Civilized, as well as a whole slew of other really great shows. Joining Fable and Folly will give us the opportunity to reach new listeners who may not be aware of our show, but already enjoy the type of content that we create. And it also gives us the opportunity to work with a number of very talented creators within the podcast industry. Nothing at all will change about who we are, what we do, or how we do it. Really, the only thing that changes is that we have an additional support network now of people that we can share information with and skill sets. Uh, and we also have access to Sean, who is one of the founders of Fable & Folly, who handles a lot of their ad sales. Um, they have worked with a number of great companies. And whenever you hear ads on our show now, It'll be just like before, where the ads you hear are created by us in-house, with the exception of maybe a few trailers for other shows on the network uh, that you'll hear in the post-roll. We also have the option to do episode drops with some of them, so every now and then on an off day when we don't have an episode or a Let's Play being published, we might drop an episode of another show here on the feed uh, that we think that you'll enjoy. So anyway, we are very excited about joining the Fable and Folly Network uh, and so we just wanted to share it with you all. Oh, actually, one thing before we get into this episode, there is not a recap, but in the last story arc, uh, we had some folks talking telepathically. So from this point on, I've actually gone in this episode and future episodes, and I've added just a little bit of an effect to everyone when they're talking to one another telepathically, uh, because I think it 
could possibly in the future get pretty easy to get lost in. Oh, was that out loud? Was that who heard that? Who knows this information? So as we go forward, you will hear that reflected in the episodes. Um, but we just want to make sure that everybody has a clear understanding of, of what's being said out loud and what's being thought at people and what's being thought back. And Would it be helpful if we just echoed our voices when we were doing it in real time? I, that might be the solution I've been looking for. Okay, okay. Give it a test. Yeah, break me off a piece. Hey, you guys. No, this is not going to work. <laughs> Peter, 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 Peter. Quincy, 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 Quincy. Tagger, 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 tagger. <laughs> All right, and with that, it's time to get to the episode. We find Jake and Tass and Margaret standing in a small room behind a giant window. This window looks down about 50 feet into the junk room in the basement of the IPT. Standing inside the junk room is Megan. Margaret is looking down at her, and then she turns to the two of you. So she was the thing that Nash was hiding. Yeah, seems that way. Any idea why? Not yet. Yeah, maybe we'll figure out here in a second. Megan, over the intercom, you hear Margaret. Well... Show me what you got. Okay. I am going to scramble up to the tallest pile of junk I can find. Yeah. I want to get I want to get a good vantage point here. And I'm going to look out at everything. So I pull out my salt shaker and look out over this pile of junk. And I'm going to use my telekinesis and just start pulling things from all over the room. I'm going to find some big metal boxes to kind of get a strong base. Uh, anything I can find that's sharp and blade-like, a lot of a lot of spikes, and I'm going to pull it all together and create a like a Rube Goldberg gauntlet that spans <laughs> I don't know distances. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like a ways. All right, so I think roll telekinesis just once for this. We're going to kind of treat this as as a single action. Okay. 7. All right, so choose one option from telekinesis and you're going to mark two harm. I will choose move something bigger than a person. All right. So can you describe to me a little bit what this looks like? You said like Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, I think it starts out and it has like a big tall gate, kind of like Jurassic Park gates that swing open. And then you just see a long walkway. And there are these giant battle axes that are swinging around. (laughs) And I think there's one of those tunnels that spins at like amusement parks Uh that as you walk through it, it, it spinning around so you have to try and like keep your balance uh it's it's a very uh what is that show called um which wipe one wipeout wipe out. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like american ninja warrior wipeout kind of thing where it, it very much is going to take some some ability to get through okay all right so what are you doing now <laughs> i climb down from the top of the pile and i walk back up to everybody and i say i need a volunteer not it i look slowly at tass <laughs> And then teleport down into the room. I pull a scarf out of my pocket and I hand it to Jake. Thank you. It's beautiful. If you wouldn't mind, please blindfold yourself. Nope. Please. I. Oh, come on. Will, I will blindfold myself. Yes. You'll be fine. I promise. Probably. Okay. So what we're going to do is you're going to head up towards the doors and then I'm going to tell you what to do. Like telepathically. Okay. You okay? Are you sure? I, yeah, I suppose. Tass is, Tass is the one who's invincible. I yell up in the general direction of the window. I get on the comm. I believe in you both so hard. This will be a better gauge with Tass. I wouldn't know if he's actually getting beat up or not. Yeah, it's a better gauge. Yeah, it's a great point. No, good, good baseline. Okay. I like put my hands out in front of me and start walking towards the entrance. All right, so Jake starts walking towards the entrance of this labyrinth. Uh, Megan, what is the first thing that awaits him? Uh, So he walks up and there are these two giant swingy doors that swing inward, kind of like the Jurassic Park doors. And he walks through and you just see three giant battle axes just swinging back and forth. Okay, Jake, you're going to get ready. And when I say just sprint forward as fast as you can. And then when I say stop, stop. Okay. Yep. And I would like to try and make it so that when all three axes swing out to their furthest most point, the gears lock for a moment and create an extra second for him to be able to get through in one clean run. All right. This sounds like jinx. Why don't you roll jinx? Oh, <laughs> That's a four. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that. (laughs) All right. So Jake is primed and ready for your instruction. When I think everything's in place, I say, okay, Okay, run run now. now. All right, Jake, roll act under pressure. Yeah. That's a 10. (laughs) 
So Jake dives forward through these swinging axes and makes it to the other side. Wow, that worked great. (laughs) Yep, cool. Okay, you made it past the first one. We're doing great. Okay. What's waiting for him next? So next are the chompers. And what are the chompers? The chompers are two sets of walls that are covered in spikes that slam together and the spikes interlock and then they open back up and they're one set and then there's another set so they're on a little bit of a delay okay so jake you take a couple steps forward and you hear these huge metal slams kind of rhythmically is this like open top enough was i able to get a clear view of this before i came down oh yeah you you watched everything fly from its different parts of the room to assemble into this gauntlet for sure so i have a general idea of what hell i'm about to walk into yeah cool i start sweating profusely (laughs) Yeah, and I think I would like to try and make it so that these walls, as they're slamming together, something comes just off a little bit on the tracks, and there's this kind of grinding noise as they pull apart from each other. All right, roll Jinx. 11. All right, so you get a hold two. Uh, I will spend one to interfere and to cause this this grinding noise when these walls pull apart from each other. Oh, so like you're slowing down the the pull apart? Yeah, and I will reach out telepathically and say, okay, Jake, I want you to run forward when you hear the grinding noise. You hear that grinding noise? Yes, I do. Okay, wait for it to come around again. As soon as you hear it, run forward. Okay. And you hear the slam, and then you hear the slow grinding noise. I will run through. All right. Uh, I don't think there's a role for this. We're kind of flavoring Jinx a little bit to have the labyrinth be the creature that's being interfered with, but I think that simply interfering with one of the points of Jinx stops these from slamming back together until you have gotten through. So what's next? So next is a very deep pit full of brightly colored balls. (laughs) Go on. And I say, okay, Jake, you're going to have to be very careful here. But your mission, should you choose to accept it, and you already have, you're going to step forward and you're going to fall into a pit of balls. It's okay. They're going to cushion your fall. You'll be all right. But I just need you to put your arms out in front of you and slowly walk forward. So I just fall? Well, you jump into a pit. Okay. Okay. I do. I jump into the pit. And there is no danger here. I just thought everybody would appreciate watching this. (laughs) (laughs) Now what? Just put your arms out in front of you and just swim your way forward. I casually, quote unquote, accidentally lean on the button as I talk to Margaret. Oh, God, I don't think he's going to make it. (laughs) I start scrambling across the ball pit. There is no threat here, so <laughs> there is no roll. As he climbs out the other side, I, I say, oh, man, you did so good. What was the point of that one? You don't want to know right now, but you made it through. I promise. Oh, my God. You're okay. You're okay. You did it. So what is the final thing Jake finds waiting for him? Well, I tell him to go ahead and take his blindfold off. I do. And he sees a maze of mirrors and, like, plexiglass, so he can kind of see where he needs to get at the other end but it's it's very obviously a maze and i tell him all right, all right you just got to make it through the maze, maze and i'm gonna try and help you out as much as possible by making it easier for you to navigate okay this one seems pretty all right and as he steps through the first part the floor starts moving underneath him hold on now <laughs> is this on purpose is this a good thing or a bad thing uh, you notice that it's starting to move you towards a pretty jagged shard of glass okay you just got to try and follow the floor it's going to move underneath you but just don't uh run into any mirrors i start trying to navigate my way through the maze all right jake roll read a bad situation and i will give him a plus one forward on this uh with that hold from my last roll uh how do you give him this plus one I'm going to try and interfere with the the moving floor. So it's like kind of conveyor belt paths. And as they start taking him in the wrong direction, uh, or if he gets turned around, I want to try and reverse the direction that they're moving so that he is guided through easier. All right, Jake, roll. Read about situation. You get a plus one. Ten. All right, you get a hold three. What's my best way out? Yeah, you are able to navigate through this maze without any problem. Every time you start to get too close to a jagged piece of glass, you feel the conveyor belt jut a little bit and move you just slightly away from it. Uh, But you come out the far end. A little confetti cannon goes off. (laughs) Just like a a little one. Yeah. Okay, I survived. Thank you. Good work. 
That was great. I high five him. I give a thumbs up up to the window. And Margaret pushes a button inside and, and the big window kind of drops down. That seems to work pretty well. You can kind of sense when things are going on. You seem to be able to move things. My question is, can you catch things? And she shoves Tass out the window. <gasps> Whoa, what? Yeah, I want to try and, and keep him from hitting the ground. All right, roll telekinesis. 11. All right, choose two and mark one harm. I will choose something is held fast and to suffer one less harm. All right, so you take no harm. And right before he hits the ground, Tass freezes in the air. <laughs> Margaret, that was so dirty. <laughs> oh, I miss having you two around. Do you want to go next? She jumps out the window. I'm at the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret is falling towards the ground. Oh, I try and stop her too. <laughs> Roll telekinesis. Oh no. This is an exercise in communication. <laughs> Ten. Oh. All right. You are able to catch her right before she hits the ground and take no damage in doing it. I reach my hand out to floating Margaret for a high five. She doesn't leave you hanging. See? Megan's so freaking cool. Yes. And she... uh can't get down. Can't get down. <laughs> They're just, so how exactly does this work? Do you think, is it just that you release it? Yeah, I think uh, I, I just decide not to, to hold it in place any longer. But I, I don't think I am yet because I'm a little um, terrified that I almost just got my new boss killed. That's <laughs> uh, all right. You could let us go. And I drop him. Margaret dusts herself off and walks over to you, Megan. Oh, yes, it's a very impressive first showing. The two of you feel safe taking her out with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, welcome to the IPT. Hey, thanks. Now, before you all head off, could you tell me a little bit about what your experience was like? I know that you were kidnapped. They found you. What was your deal before? The last person we inducted into the IPT, we had to change their look and their name to hide them. Is that something that needs to be done for you as well? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Uh... I'm pretty sure I'm not being looked for. I left home a while ago, uh, and I've just been traveling around trying to do some research. I guess it was apparently six months ago. But yeah, I uh, decided I needed to get a better control of these abilities and just went out in search of whatever information I could find. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a big one, too, that we haven't gotten to. But it was Esten that took her six months ago. Esten from Hawaii. Yep. Esten that you all killed at least a year ago. Yep. Now that's interesting. Isn't it just? My theory is it's a it's a different world one. It's one from somewhere else that Nash pulled through. I mean, we've already seen another one just like that. Like he's working with multiple of them anyway. Where were you when you were kidnapped? Were you in Hawaii? Uh no, I Ireland actually. I got a lead. There was this lady who maybe knew some stuff, and I was trying to get a hold of her, but she would not speak to me. Uh, and I had planned on going back the next day to try and get her to have a conversation with me. And I just, I got chased by these things, and that's it. Lady in Ireland. What was her name? And she pulls out her phone and starts typing. Uh, Siobhan Doherty. Pretty sure that that's what it was. Small little building up on top of a hill. Uh, yeah, she wouldn't uh, let me in, but that's kind of the terrain. And did you go missing in the middle of the night near a pub? Yeah, I was. I was staying pretty close to there. How did you? How did you know that? Well, and she turns and she holds the phone towards you, and there's some really simple notes scribbled out on a piece of paper. It's a photo. Everett and Jingles went and uh, took care of all of Siobhan's effects. It seems that. She noticed you went missing and had written some notes down about trying to find you. Her her effects? Yes. Um, a few months back, Siobhan died saving our team here. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, Siobhan and I didn't always see eye to eye, but she was one of the founders of the IPT. She was a very smart woman. Very, very smart, but very stubborn. Yeah, I had I had gathered that she was going to be my best bet for information, and she just kept closing the door on my face and uh, kept coming back every day. And after a couple of days, I really thought she was going to let me in. I'm sorry. Thank you. Actually, um, yeah, follow me. And uh, she turns and she walks towards the elevator. I follow her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she gets in the elevator and takes you all to her office. 
And she goes inside and opens up a small chest of drawers in the corner of the room, and she pulls out a box. This is um, this is what they deemed worth bringing back when they went through her things. I'm sure Everett's got some more stuff on Mother Hen, but it might be worth taking a look at. And she sets the box down on the table. Yeah, I open it up, take a look. Tass, what is inside this box? Inside, there is a crossbow, an athame, and a necklace with a hummingbird skull as the uh, ornament. Um, the crossbow is old, but like very well maintained. Um, the athame, it's just, it's kind of a small ritual dagger with an emerald in the pommel. It also looks kind of old and worn. It's got some runes and stuff etched on it, um, but the blade is still very sharp. And um, the necklace is just on a simple silver chain. Like I said, you're more than welcome to any of that. It's not doing me any good sitting in here in a box. Oh, wow. Thank you. So what of this do you want to take? I'll take all of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the crossbow um, tag-wise is to harm, close, and slow. The athame is to harm, hand, magic, silver. And then the necklace, this actually can act as the artifact from the crooked. Its tags are one armor, magic, and recharge. Um, so it has the ability to absorb one point of damage, um, but then it needs to be recharged. But I think with your abilities, uh, if you want to take this necklace, we can add an additional spot onto your jinx. That On your jinx, you could spend a point of that to recharge the necklace once it's been used. Okay, sounds good. All right, so mark all those down on your sheet. Anything else she would have had, you'd have to check with Everett. I'm sure he squirreled everything a way that he thought might be useful somewhere on Mother Hen, but this is all they dropped off to me. Who, who's Everett? Uh, Everett is another of the founders. Uh, he, and she pauses for a moment, is our pilot. He takes the teams around. Uh, he's got an old helicopter. Uh, and she actually points over to a photo that's on her desk that has five men, uh, two women, and someone in their early teens. And you can tell that the photo's a good 40, 45 years old. Oh, wow. Is this your family? I suppose it is, in a sense. Uh, these are the founders of the IPT. Cool. So what else do we need to get? Oh, God, I don't know. If we are going to go straight down and try to find Anastasia, we need to know where that is. We got to figure out how we're going to get there. I'm trying. God, Margaret, so much has gone on. I'm trying to even think of which thing to fill you in on first, but... Eston's definitely the big one. In Ireland. Yeah, weird, right? Like, they were hunting her down for a reason. I mean, there's the chance that it's the simple, simple reason of somehow they spotted her and what she can do and were trying to get rid of a potential threat, but that just seems too loose to be why, you know? Not not in the world we live in. Yeah, it seems like you've got a couple different threads to run down. Ugh, yeah, always. Well, if you're looking for a ride, I can call Everett. He was the one who dropped Anastasia off late last week. Yeah, unless you ever been to Helen, Jake. No, unfortunately I have not. Yeah, all right, then that seems like the plan. Should gather our stuff and just get ready. All right, well, unless there's anything else with Margaret, we're going to do something we have not done in a very long time. It's time to do some shopping. Oh, my God. From the last two mysteries, you all answered every question both times. Uh, so I don't know how many points you both had in the bank, but you all get 16 additional points from the last two mysteries. Lovely. So what would you like to buy? Tass, how many points does this put you at? 35. 48. My God. Hey, guys, can I, can I, borrow, <laughs> can I borrow some cash? You know, honestly, that's something that occurred to me thinking about Eston's stuff. If for whatever reason he is after you... I think I would want to look for something compact, but like a smaller version of the light rifle that I used to have. Since I know that they're, you know, very powerful against ghouls, uh, I thought I'd ask, like, what would it be for like a smaller, not quite as powerful, like a handgun version? Yeah. How much did your light rifle shotgun cost? Uh, so that was five total. It was four because the like the shotgun setting for it was four damage, and then the adjustable tag, 
Um, so that let me do a, a smaller amount of damage, but at range on a single target. So yeah, I would think that if you want to get a handgun version of the light rifle, uh, that we could say it does two damage, that is that, again, just light, and that that would cost three gear points. Okay, I, I think I would get one of those as a gift for Megan. Aw, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, and you know what? Just because I think I want to get some night vision goggles, too. I can think of a few times where something like that would have been handy. So, yeah, if that just applies to the sort of tactical gear section. Yeah, so that'll be two points. Very cool. I see Jake calculating still. Megan, what would you like to buy? Uh, So, guys, I did what I had to do when we were trying to escape the town. But I've tried to develop, I don't know, a code seems like a weird way to put it, but... I don't want to just jump in your heads whenever I need to communicate with you. That doesn't feel good. We've Yeah, we've got, I, I like tap the throat, Mike. We've got these. We can just get you one of these. You know? Oh, good. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure my phone is wherever I left all my stuff. So I don't have a way to contact you otherwise. But yeah, if there's a way I could jump onto your comms, I'd love to do that. Yeah, so that'll be two points for a piece of tactical equipment. And I want to get my moped back. All right. What kind of tags are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking fast. Stock-wise, they don't tend to go very fast, so I'd like to put in those tags to make it go a little speedier. Uh, Stealthy, I'd like it not to be uh, super loud, as they usually are, so throw on a new pipe to muffle that a bit. And I'm going to go medical kit. I think I'm going to have a a milk crate bungee cord attached to the back of it, so that I have have a first aid kit just in there with a cargo net over top. Okay, so I think that this would cost you... We'll say seven gear points. I think it's, again, per the rules uh, that we have made up. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, here on which, the spot. Yeah, which you can find at thecritshowpodcast.com if you'd like to purchase uh, gear in your own game. Anyway, one point per tire uh, and then tags at the keeper's discretion. Let's say two for fast, two for stealthy, and one for first aid. Sounds good. What do you got, Jake? So I've got two purchases. Is this like, are you pulling into the drive-thru and you've got two separate orders? <laughs> <laughs> no, just the only the only two things I could think of. One, if I remember correctly, my car bit shit in the race arc and never came back to life again. Like, yeah. I, we haven't seen that thing since. So, I'm, I'm in for an upgrade. I'm due for an upgrade. Okay. So, I'm going to spend... 20 gear points. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> my God. Do you, do you remember how much your last car cost? The last car, I think, was 12. Okay. So this is this is some additional tags. All I've right. added some tags on here. Let's hear it. Um, so the tags are weapons, anonymous, stealthy, tough. Those were all already there. Yeah. Classic, armored, fast. Okay. Can you remind us how much those tags were before? So... Weapons was two, yep. Anonymous was three, Stealthy was one, Tough was two, and we talked about Classic being one, yep. Armored being four, because it followed like armor rules, because we can buy armor, yep. and Fast being three. Yes, that sounds good. So a grand total of 20, and this car is a 1969 Boss 429 Mustang in Raven Black. This is the car that John Wick drives. Oh. That's a very good car. Yeah. So... Almost all of the pros of the Charger, except this is a two-door, so somebody's going to have to move a seat and get into the back manually. I know. <laughs> I have to admit, while I am a fan of the Charger, I my heart does flutter a little that you're switching over to a Mustang. Yeah. So somehow I've, I have acquired this. They made like less than a thousand of this car, so somehow I've got this. Uh, and my second purchase, uh, I want to get a weapon. I want to get a grenade launcher. Specifically, I want to get an M79 grenade launcher. It was the one that they had in like Vietnam that was basically like one big tube with a big stock on it. Uh-huh. But they would cut down the barrel and the stock so that it almost looks like a flintlock and they would call it the pirate gun. So I've got like a sawn off version of the M79 grenade launcher. All right. How much damage does that do? Because the grenade launcher is in the book. Yes, it exists in the book. So the tags for the grenade launcher in the book are for harm, far area, messy, loud reload. And I want to add one tag to it. I want to add fire. I imagine this thing shoots incendiary rounds. Okay. Um, so if I've done the math right from our guide, this should cost six points. One for the weapon, plus one for every damage it does, plus one for an additional tag. All right. Is there anything else gear-wise you all want to take care of before 
Everett shows up. I There's not one I want to take care of. There's something I have to take care of. I no longer have a place to store a flaming sword. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. right. Without, without your pocket. Yeah. My pocket. <laughs> without my pocket. So I need to figure out a solution for that. I have an idea. Let me know if it's okay. Once upon a time, Strom gave us her inventory list on paper. So what I want to do is pull out that list and see if there's something in there. It's kind of hard to imagine that it would be like an extant scabbard that is the right size and everything, but maybe she's just got the material, some kind of hide of a creature that's fireproof or something enchanted, whatever, that I could create a scabbard for my flaming sword with. Okay. Um, Yeah, I don't think there's anything on this list that sticks out, but I think you could absolutely go and talk to Strom and she could solve this problem for you. Okay. Uh, Then, yeah, that is something I will have to pop out and do before we go along with effort. All right. Jake, you appear at the foot of the steps for the high rise in Chicago. I walk up to the doorman and say, she should be. And he opens the door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll head up. Yeah, you get up to the top floor and Strom is there waiting. Good afternoon. Well, how are you? I am well. How are you? Oh, it was a very good turnout for the Monster Mesh. I got some wonderful items. Oh, yeah? Who won? Uh, It was Spark, the cadre of electric gremlins that operated a big suit of armor. Really? It was quite the upset, I will admit. I would have never seen that coming, huh? Yes, which means that I made a good deal of profit. Well, I'm happy to hear it. Uh, I do have a request uh there is an item that i want i'm curious if you could provide something along these lines i i hold out the burning sword ever present i need a way to carry this in a in a moderately less conspicuous and dangerous manner do you have anything anything scabbardy anything fireproof oh i see well yes i have a couple of things that come to mind what have you got to trade Unfortunately, as far as items go, we're pretty lean right now, but I've been thinking about it and I pull out that little medallion that we use to trade questions. I'll just burn one of these. I'll ask you a nonsense question, burn one of my charges so you don't have to give me something good in exchange for the item. I believe that uh, one of the options I have available that would be sufficient, but well, we'll talk about that after. Well, hold on. I want to know the terms of the deal before we cut. Uh, No, no, there's something I have that will work perfectly well. But I do know of something that would be fantastic, but it would cost you far more than that. Oh. I have to admit it's not something I have, but it is something I know where it is. Well, I need something like stat, so I probably need to make a deal for the the intro version at least. So what, you just want me to pop this off? Yes. All right. I hold the medallion up to my heart. Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3? Iron Man 3. Interesting. Divisive. I'm a big fan of props and gadgets. What can I say? Okay. (laughs) I put my medallion away. (laughs) Uh, She goes back through the door that you know that you cannot pass through. Uh, She comes back a few moments later, and she has a pretty thick-looking red blanket. I believe if you sew the two sides of this together, put a strap across it, it will work perfectly fine. This blanket dampens all fire and heat that it comes across. That will do. I'll take it. Here you go. But what's the way better thing? She looks at you for a moment and then smiles. There was a frost giant once who wielded a beautiful sword. The sword itself was destroyed, but the frost-emitting sheath was not. I believe it's called the Sheath of Jotun, and I know where it's located. But it is a powerful artifact. Combined with what you wield, it would be quite a sight. Boy, that sounds super cool. Doesn't it? Why is it so powerful other than just like serving the purpose that this blanket will serve? Because it can be activated to spew forth the frosts of Jotunheim. That is really cool. She smiles and nods and then pulls the coin from her own pocket and holds it up to her chest. Oh dear. How did you bring back the gods? We unmade death. Interesting. And she puts the coin back in her pocket. Maybe sometime I'll use another to find out how. But the simple knowledge that he is not in play, oh, that could be useful. You know, Strom, we end up here pretty much every time I come and talk to you, but I'm, I'm going to hit it again because you've got that look in your eye again. Exercise caution. Just because Koshay's gone, like the other gods are back and they're, they're back on their grind and shit. So I'm sure you've got ideas spinning through your head, but just be careful. All right. There's always a consequence that you can't foresee. Oh, as someone who cheated death, 
thousands of years ago. I'm well aware of some of the consequences. And she indicates towards the elevator. Take care. I'm sure we'll be seeing you again before we expect it. Yes. Good luck with whatever it is I can't imagine that you're planning to do. I give finger guns as the elevator doors close. All right, so we are back at the IPT on the roof as Mother Hen lands. The back hatch drops open and out walks Everett. So I hear you all need a ride. Yes, indeed we do. How are you, bud? Oh, keeping busy. Hello. Well, how are you? I'm good. You must be Everett. I am. If I was to guess, you must be Megan. Correct. Nice to meet you, Megan. Nice to meet you, too. Well, she's not much, but she'll get you where we're going. She's gorgeous. He kind of puffs up just a little bit. Yeah, that she is. I heard from Margaret that you might want to take a look through the rest of Siobhan's things. I got him on here somewhere. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, daylight's burning, boys. Let's roll, fly, float, zoom. It's a helicopter, it flies. Fly, flies good. So you all climb inside of Mother Hen and Everett shuts the hatch. Uh, and as you walk by a uh, metal door, he indicates to it, uh, there's a uh, table in there. Uh, what we found at Siobhan's place that I didn't give to Margaret, sitting on the table. I don't know if it'll be any use to you, but you're more than welcome to paw through it. Yeah, I want to take a look. Yeah, you look over the table and there's a backpack there that you recognize. My backpack! She had your stuff? Yeah, that's my backpack. And I rush over and I open it up and start taking a look through. Yeah, all the stuff that you had when you were snatched is in there. It seems that when she went looking for you, she at least found your stuff. Oh my god, I can't believe she got my stuff. And I look for my phone (laughs) right away. Yeah, it's in there. It's dead, but it's in there. I put it in my pocket, and yeah, I think I just start pulling out uh, a notebook and uh, a couple of other books that I had gathered. That's lucky. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, I never even got to talk to her, really, but she went and found my stuff. They were... By all accounts, an amazing crew. I, I didn't get to meet her either, but um, I mean, they came out of retirement and came to save us. We would be in a bad, bad spot without them. I think it makes sense if, you know, especially if you think she was warming up to you and then you just suddenly didn't come back. Yeah, I, I imagine she would have went to try to find you. I think I just kind of hold the, the hummingbird skull necklace a little bit and I, yeah, I mean, she took care of my stuff, so I guess it's Makes sense that I could take care of hers. And with that, Mother Hen roars to life and takes off into the sky. Is there anything else that you all want to get done on the trip to Georgia? I need to turn this into a scabbard. I've got uh, got the old singer sitting in front yeah. of me. Sewing Absolutely. This thing up. Everett has a sewing machine on Mother Hen. I mean, I know how to sew, so I could definitely aid with that. Yeah, I won't, I won't say no to help. So what does the finished product look like? Uh, so it is a back scabbard or back sheath like left hip to right shoulder and there's got to be some kind of structure to it so i think like the skeleton of this thing is leather but it is lined inside and out with this blanket so that you know it will fully contain the heat from the inside and the outside but it's got enough structure to hold the sword and like keep its shape um and then it's got a cross chest strap uh that i think i have to modify to hold the Grenade launcher now. The pirate gun follows lengthwise the chest strap and just kind of hangs almost from that same shoulder that the sword comes up over down across the front of my body. It's a good thing that we have this sheath now so you don't have a conspicuous weapon. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking... It's not about it being conspicuous. (laughs) Like, the sword's going to be... I'm I'm wearing a sword, no matter what, it's conspicuous. The question is, is it on fire perpetually? (laughs) That's fair. That's all I'm trying to mitigate. I can't hide anymore. I accept this. So this is, I think, an in-character understanding that Jake, the character, has come to. I can no longer hide. Yeah. Like, I used to try to do things to mitigate my presence and maybe go under the radar and whatever. Can't fucking do it anymore. So now I've got a big goddamn gun and a big bright red sword and the fucking John Wick car, and this is who I am. <laughs> Jake living his best life. I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as you are getting ready to land, Everett comes over the comms. Well, this is the same spot I dropped off Anastasia. Uh, there was just word that some, some children were gone missing uh, enough that 
I got her concerned, and so she wanted to come down here and see what was going on. It's a little tourist town of a thing. Maybe 500 people live there. So a couple kids gone missing, especially this time of year. Sure didn't go unnoticed. So uh, do we have, like, a current dossier? Any details with names or anything? No, unfortunately, anything we had, Anastasia took with her. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, I guess... We just got to kind of dive in and ask around. I mean, hopefully she made enough of a presence to have been noticed by somebody there, too, so we can track her and the kids. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good point. In case we get split up, what does she look like? I don't know who we're looking for. <laughs> well, most of the time she's invisible. Oh. Yeah, that was a big hope. Oh, hopefully she made enough of an impact for our most invisible infiltrate <laughs> comrade. Uh, she's an older woman, gray hair, a decent number of guns on her person, usually a bit scarred up. Okay. Good start. May appear out of nowhere from having been invisible. Oh shit. She can, she can like shapeshift too, can't she? So it really just anybody, just any old person could be her. Okay. I think if you hear a voice coming from nowhere, but it's like in your ear and not in your head, good chance that's her. If anyone tells you to press a button on a clicker and then you get shot with a sniper rifle probably her that could be her okay so don't press the button if just when we meet her if she tells you to press any buttons probably don't press the buttons okay good good to know it sounded like you guys were starting to do your own rendition of like you might be a redneck or here's your sign the way you started to set up those if you hear a voice (laughs) that sounds like it's in your head but not in your brain it, it might be, might be Anastasia. Anastasia. <laughs> if you push the clicker on your garage door and get shot by a sniper rifle, <laughs> it might be Anastasia. If you appear at the top of a building and get shot by a shotgun in the chest. By an invisible person. <laughs> might be Anastasia. It might be Anastasia. I love this woman. <laughs> Please, anybody listening, let me hear your best. <laughs> it might be Anastasia tweets at the Crit Show. Please. Wait. A sniper rifle? I th- uh, we're rescuing her, right? I mean, technically, I don't think we know that. We're finding out what happened to her. She may be exactly where she wants to be. She she oh. has a tendency, her job is usually to infiltrate something and kind of go undercover unseen. So maybe she just found a lead that she couldn't report back in on or something. We'll, we'll find out. All right. So he lands the helicopter and drops the back hatch open. Uh, and you can see pretty clearly about 300 yards away is the beginning of this small town through the trees. It looks like a replica of a Bavarian alpine snowy mountain town. There are candy cane streetlights. There are Christmas lights everywhere. There are cute little shops and cottages and tons of cars parked everywhere. You can see why he said this was a little tourist trap. There are tons of families here. You can smell all kinds of sweets in the air. You can hear music playing. Everett, did you accidentally fly us to the North Pole again? Nope. All right. Let's see what we see. Thanks, Everett. Have a good flight. Yeah. And he closes the hatch and takes off into the air. So here the three of you stand outside of this small tourist trap of a town with its Christmas lights and festive music, Tass with a giant spear, Jake with a grenade launcher strapped to his chest, Megan blending in. God bless you. <laughs> What's everybody doing? With a bird skull necklace. That's just kind of goth. And a crossbow. Oh, that's fair. That's very Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> um, would this be a good time for Destiny's plaything to uh, come into play? Absolutely. Does anyone else have any beginning of mystery moves? Nair. Nope. Okay, here we go. I'm trying a, a new die slash dice. It's a die inside of another die. Boxcars. That wow. is a nice. 15. Wow. So Tess, as you were looking out over this small town, again, your eyes go white and the vision you see before you is a man stumbling down an alley and he is dressed as Santa Claus and he is holding his stomach. And as he holds his stomach, you hear this creaking sound as his bones start to move and shift. And when he turns around, he's wearing different clothes and looks like an old woman and turns back out of the alley and goes back the way that they came. 
And I think the important detail to note here is that you have been around Anastasia before when she has changed her shape and you did not hear that sound. Oh, uh, okay. I think kind of as usual that clears and I'm bent over like holding myself up at the knees and just breathing heavy. Oh, guys, I, I think there's another shapeshifter here. What? What? Are you okay? What's hap- what happened? Yeah, I, I, um, I get these visions sometimes. Ever since I took the spear, I, I get them, and it kind of shows me images of what's ahead. There was something that changed its shape. It was one person that made itself into another, and I could hear the bones moving and creaking, and like it's not what Anastasia does. So it's a different type of shapeshifter? Is this like the different types of ghouls you talked about? Maybe, yeah. Probably. Well, what did it look like when you saw it? It went from Santa Claus to some old woman. Okay. Well, I mean, it's probably not one of those anymore, but at least we have maybe some descriptions to start throwing out, try to follow a trail. Works for me. How? Let me think about how to phrase this. How do we enter this town without the National Guard showing up? How much of that red blanket do you have left? We could make you a Santa cloak. <laughs> why, are you, why are you laughing? I'm serious. I, how much blanket do I have left, Game Master? <laughs> Enough to make myself an entire Santa costume? Just a cloak. A sweet fireproof Santa. It's got to be fireproof. He goes in the chimney. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know if it's lit. I think that you would probably have enough to make a cloak that you could put over your shoulders and back and chest, just like like a Lord of the Rings cloak. You know what I mean? Like no hood, but just a clasp at the neck, no arms. All right, that'll that'll get me then. I'll just kind of haphazardly attach a clasp to this so that it can hang over my body in a festive way. I imagine you just pluck some pine cones out of a nearby pine tree and attach them <laughs> where it meets your neck. <laughs> Tass, your turn. Can we just grab some pine leaves and attach it to the tip of the spear so it looks like some sort of staff? I mean, this is very Christmas-esque. Like, I don't feel like props are going to be odd uh, or stick out weird in this town. Oh, yeah. I could maybe get a bunch of the like leaves and stuff and make a wreath that goes over the top and have them intertwined through the middle so it covers up the blade. Well, I love it. Cast roll luck. <laughs> that sounds right. Okay, that's an eight. So you can find enough stuff to create a wreath and hide the silver of the spear, but you don't imagine it's going to hold together very long, so it's probably something that will need to be redone daily. Okay. All right, so you are all here looking a little festive. Um, Megan, is there anything that you're doing? I mean, I have this crossbow. (laughs) That needs to be hidden. I don't know where to hide this thing. It's not going to fit in my backpack. The athame I can throw in there. (laughs) If you want to take it apart, it could fit in the backpack. Yeah, if it'll fit, I'll dismantle it and carry it around in pieces. All right, so you have all got your various items hidden. What are you going to do now? Why do I feel like it's been a thousand years since we just did like a relatively routine mission? Why don't I remember how to do this job? (laughs) Because before we could go in with some badges and stuff and try to bullshit through it. But now we're walking in like a mix of movie extras or cosplayers wanting to know what's going on like there's just no there's just no bullshit approach to this so where do we think we're gonna find people with the most information in this place it's a tourist town great question i think we just got to start walking and see what we see ask around i suppose i'll just start leading us toward a you know street sidewalk whatever some logical way to proceed into the town here and walk the streets keeping an eye out for something that seems useful. Yeah, as we're walking into this town, I want to just stop somebody. Just be like, excuse me, uh, are you from here? No, no. Okay, Um. yeah, I, I just got here. Have you um gotten a good look around yet? Oh, we just kind of started walking around, but we've been here before. Oh, great. Um, Is there like a sweet shop or, or somewhere that has fudge or other Christmas type candies? I'm looking to get some... Uh, Snacks to take home. Oh, so you haven't been here before. No, this is my first time here, yeah. Well, yeah, you can just go down the street here a little bit and uh, find Hansel and Gretel's Candy Kitchen. That sounds exactly what I'm looking for. Thank you so much. Yeah, enjoy. Candy shop this way. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Why? I figured there'd be a lot of 
activity there, right? If this is a touristy shop around the holidays. Oh, yeah. Okay. Also, I, it's been a while since I've had candy cane, so. That's fair. Did he say that we're going to a place called Hansel and Gretel's Candy Kitchen? Yeah. Aren't we in a village looking for missing children? Oh, well, God damn it. Are we about to walk into the den? Well, it says Hansel and Gretel's Candy Kitchen, not the witch from Hansel and Gretel's Candy Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> they were the good guys. You got me there. Let's go get us some fudge. All right, so the three of you head down the road a little bit and turn into Hansel and Gretel's Candy Kitchen. It has got a big gingerbread-looking sign. There are people going in and out carrying huge candied apples and bags of various sweets and trays of fudge. It smells delicious. God, I'll bet. Is the building made of candy? It looks like it, but if you taste it, it tastes like sheet rock as opposed to rock candy. Okay, well... That's a good sign, in my opinion. So what's the plan? We just want to start, like, asking the employees what's been going on here? Uh, Yeah, I definitely want to get a candy cane, but I think I'm going to hold on to it because now you got me all paranoid and I'm, like, really afraid that the candy is made out of the missing children and I don't want to eat it until we're sure that that's not a thing. Yeah, okay. As Jake is just staring down at a tray of gingerbread men. (laughs) And one of them blinks. (laughs) Oh, no. Screams silently. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's... Is he made of house or is the house made of flesh? (laughs) He screams for he does does not not know. know. (laughs) I'll probably actually stay outside when they go in and just kind of people watch. Okay. All right. I'll gather some miscellaneous sweets up and like get in line to check out. Yeah. You stand in line for maybe 12 minutes and then you get to the front of the line. I hand Jake a candy cane and I say, can you get this for me? And I'm going to leave and look for uh, somebody else. Yeah, I think I try to strike up a conversation with the cashiers. I'm checking out like, man, this place is really neat. I've never been here before. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How long have you worked here? Oh, well, I inherited it uh, from my father. Oh, you own this? Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, you know, candy. uh, People don't realize how much work it takes to to make good quality like fudge and stuff. It's It's a process. It's really an art. A lot of a lot of temperature, a lot of a lot of chemistry involved. I believe it was so. Was the process passed down to you as well? Like, is this a? Oh yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. You know, when I was googling this place, I read that like some kids have gone missing recently. Is that true? Really? Yeah. You don't know about that? No. I wonder if it's just like a weird online rumor mill thing. Does that ever happen here? Do people just like come up with rumors about your idyllic little village? Well, I mean, we get so many people in and out, especially this time of year. I mean, no, I haven't heard anything about anybody going missing. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah, that would that'd be really scary, but I'm not a little kid, so you know, I'd probably be fine. Are there even like police here? Like, is there a law enforcement in this place? Oh, sure. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, this many people coming in and out, you got to have folks to enforce the law. Yeah, I guess I just didn't know if it was just like, you know, security guards or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we, we do hire more security uh, come certain times of year, like now, for example. Oh, okay. So... Are most of the places in this village, like, inherited? Like, are there kind of a few families that run this place or something? Yeah, for the most part. Every now and then someone will decide that they want to get out and they'll sell uh, to whoever's looking to to do something like this. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's nice if you like people, uh, and especially if you like, you know, the holidays. Uh, Oktoberfest is huge here. Christmas is real big. But, I mean, any time of the year people are stopping here to, to see the various sites. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name yet. I'm Kyle. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm Jake. Oh, nice to meet you, Jake. I'm excited to look around the rest of the place. Do you have any any recommendations? Where should I head next? Well, it depends on what you're what you're interested in. You want to see Santa? You want to get some food? You want to have a drink? You want to shop for some one-of-a-kind gifts for your friends and family? Point me to the best food in town. I'm a big fan of uh, Big Daddy's Restaurant and Tavern. Doesn't sound nearly as thematically cohesive. Well, yeah, it kind of kind of gives you a sense of what happens when folks sell their spot and, and come in. <laughs> does have two G's, though. I don't know if that <laughs> makes you feel any better. Uh, it doesn't. It makes me feel far worse, actually. But do they have, uh, like, Spätzle? Uh, no, if you want if you want some German food, you can go over to uh, Bodensee. That's where I'm headed. Thanks a lot, Kyle. I'll see you around. Well, you have fun, Jake. Uh, Megan, so you said that you were going to wander off and find someone else. What are you doing? I want to look for somebody who works here and is going to be exposed to a lot of people throughout the day, but also might not care as much about the image of this place or this town and might be more willing to give up a little bit of information. Yeah, I I really think at this place, there's only one person you see stocking a shelf, but they are 
16, 17 years old. What do they look like? Uh, they have long black hair, a nose ring, but they are also wearing a festive sweater and a pair of green jeans. Hi, what are you stocking there? Fudge. What kind? Well, it depends on what kind you want. We got chocolate here that usually sells out the fastest, that or the chocolate with the nuts. Yeah, none of that sounds really good, actually. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, I like fudge, but boy, fudge every day. Mm-mm. Yeah, can you even eat any of this stuff anymore? Not really. Yeah, that sucks. It, yeah, it's kind of stinks, like being in a place with like all this cool stuff. But then if it's just the thing that's every day, then it becomes less cool, you know? I mean, does it at least only last around the holidays time? Do you get to like have a normal life the rest of the year? Or is this kind of like the bullshit that they push you around? Oh, no, this is it. I mean, the flavors change a little bit from year to year. I'm going to have to start making some of them come next year. Awesome. Uh, So, yeah, what's that like to be here when all of this craziness is going on? I don't know how to describe it. I don't. What's it like to not be here? I mean, people get a little more intense around the holidays. I was hearing, you know, some people talk up front about some missing kids or something. Like, is there a lot of crime around here during this time? No, not at all. I mean, I haven't seen anything. We had some break-ins. It's been a couple of years back, but I mean, they get a lot of people to come in and work extra security. But man, I feel like if any kids went missing, there's not a whole lot of people who live here. And people who come visit, I feel like they'd make a big stink about it. I haven't heard about no kids going missing. Oh, shit. Break-ins, though, huh? What was stolen? Money. People used to leave money in their, in their tills. Did this place get hit? Yeah, it was like uh, maybe three years ago, I think. This place got hit, and basically every place on this street, the candle shop and one of the, uh, whatever the hell they sell now, wood, I think wood toys. You know, every kid's favorite thing, wood toys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really it, though. Like, people don't get as riled up. I mean, in October, like Oktoberfest, but that's extra security, comes into town. But, I mean, people get drunk, they get loud, and... Hey, usually everybody's in a good mood. I'm sure that there's some fights. I'm, I haven't been into the bars and, you know, Oktoberfest is a little quieter here in, here in our store. But So is there anything in this town that's actually interesting and, like, worth checking out? God, no. Nothing at all? I mean, it's exactly what you see. It's a bunch of buildings built to look like a place that it's not. Shame. Yeah. What was your name? Kyle Jr. Kyle <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Jr., huh? Yeah. People call me KJ. KJ. Well, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you, too. All right. Well, I'll uh, see you around. Thanks for the information. Yeah, no problem. So, Tass, out front, um, what are you doing? You had mentioned that you were kind of people watching. Yeah, I think I'm just kind of tracking people as they go by, and I'm just being more hyper alert of other people people watching. (laughs) Like, I'm looking for people that might be glancing around in that way that I know is predatory, um, you know, beyond just who's the guy with the weird wreath staff or, you know, things like that. Uh, roll investigate a mystery. Oh, okay. That's an eight. All right, you get a hold one. What's being concealed here? About a block down, you see someone in a Santa suit and they stand up on a bench And you can see that they sprint down an alley like they're chasing someone. It's hard to see because it is very crowded, but it's a pretty sudden movement in a bright color. I think I'm going to take off. All right. So you take off down the street in this direction. Uh, You get to where that bench is and you can see down this little alleyway a figure in a Santa suit and they are grappling with a child. I'm gonna run down and try to burst between them. You sprint down this alley and you shoulder check this Santa out of the way. And as you do, the kid tumbles to the ground and gets up and runs away crying. And the Santa is laying on his side, breathing heavy. I'm gonna level the spear at his throat. What the hell do you think you're doing? And there's this slow moment as the Santa turns and looks at you. And they let out a deep sigh, and they pull a beard off, and it's Wallace. I have been trying to catch that little shitbird for three days now. Thanks for fucking it all up.
The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The influence of Freemasonry is undeniable, but who are these mysterious apron-wearing craftsmen, and what are they up to? For centuries, hater-ass conspiracy theorists have attempted to answer these questions. Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason, starring Zane Schacht as Randy Dunning, Lauren Grace Thompson as Gail Kruger, and Matthew Woodcock as Walter Clay. I just want to go on the record right now and say that I, Randy Dunning, am 100% anti-gravity. Like, subscribe, and share your way to the truth when two flat earthers kidnap a Freemason.